0: You've probably seen um, every now and then bulletin bloopers or church sign bloopers. And there's one and, and a variation of this one. But uh, this church sign said, What is hell like? Come and hear our pastor and find out. <laughs> Some of you are going, That's yes, so true. <laughs> so true. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. I think we have that ready to go. I'll just let you dwell on that for a moment from Dante. I do want you to see some uh, references here, so we will try to get this going. OK, it's small, but it's there. Um. Yeah, hell. This is the last uh, question that we're dealing with. You can probably imagine why it's the last one. It's the one that I didn't want to talk about. So I put it off and put it off and put it off. I offered Mike a steak dinner, but he said, no, no, I'm <laughs> not going there. <laughs> I did the other hard ones. Hell, um, it th- 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 the spectrum of opinions I- is incredible so you have today within evangelicalism you have the extreme essentially of universalism that says at the end of the day somehow or other god is going to make it all fine and he's going to say come on never mind what has happened come on everybody come on home to heaven at the other end sort of Today you still have some on the right, or to a conservative view, who say, no, 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 no. Um, There are too many people in the church who are not paying attention to the plain teaching of the Bible concerning hell. And they will talk about the sovereign will of God and how God will do what he chooses to do. And it really is none of our business, and we don't get to ask questions. We don't don't get to push back that there is a hell, and all who do not believe in Jesus, follow Jesus, etc., et go there. And in between, you have all stages of um, I can somehow or other get my head around this, or I can somehow or other imagine that it could be like that. Um, But in any given room of followers of Christ, you've you've probably got five or six different opinions on hell and what you're supposed to do about all of that. So let me, I'm going to add to the mix. I'm going to add to the confusion by deliberately shaking you away from wherever you have probably landed. Here are some scripture references that, that I like to just kind of, Mm -hmm. settle that let's sit so where where have you been thinking about who goes to heaven and who goes to hell or does everybody go to heaven or is there no hell or whatever it is but into that i want to bring in some scriptural teaching some verses that are disparate right they they don't fit with each other and they, they don't fit very well with the very neat doctrine of hell here's the first one Anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Holy cow. I think I did this week, didn't you? Did you call somebody an idiot? Does anybody have teenagers at home? (laughs) Do they call other people anything other than idiot? So that's in the Bible. That's Jesus. He's saying the way you treat one another, the way that you think in your heart, the way that you speak has consequences. In fact, if you call somebody a fool, you're in danger of the fire of hell. We should pack up and go home. Who has a chance of not going to hell if that's one of the criteria, right? So this is not, you know, in the worst case you know the worst people the worst situation this is just like ordinary us and jesus said if you call somebody a fool you're in danger of the fire of hell well let's see if it gets any better similarly in scripture we have this teaching that matthew records every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire lord Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Not a direct reference to hell, except the reference to works. And if you don't bear good fruit, you get thrown into the fire. Apparently, we have a lot of well-known characters who show up in heaven and say to Jesus, Hey, it's me. Remember I prophesied in your name, I cast out demons in your name, I healed in your name. I had a t- TV show. You remember me, right? And Jesus says, "No. I never knew you. Get away from me." Okay. One day a centurion came to Jesus and he said, "My servant is sick." and I hear that you heal people. And Jesus said, well, bring him here. And he said, no, I don't want to bother you. All right, Jesus said, I'll go to him. The centurion said, I know how it is to be a person under orders. I have someone, I have a man, and so when I need something, I say, hey, you, go over there and take care of it, and it's done. I understand what it's like to be under authority. I know that if you just say so, your command will be bad. Jesus is flabbergasted. He said, I've never seen this kind of faith. I, I've, n- I've not seen this yet. This guy has faith. He understands that I have power and authority. So he says, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west, which means everywhere other than here. He's talking to people who are his people in his hometown-ish sort of place who will expect that will, things will be sort of you know as expected. And this guy who's not one of us, shows up and he has faith. And Jesus says, not only this guy, but from all over, from the east and the west, many will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not safe just to be one of us. So if you called your brother a fool, you know. I hope things turn out better than they seem for you. If you know, if it, if you're one of us and you thought you were just fine, if you've been speaking the language, watching the sh- the TV shows, and doing it, Jesus basically might say to you, I, "I, sorry, I don't know who you are." And then when you show up because you have a ticket, Jesus says, no, um, those tickets aren't any good any here. The the tickets from the people from everywhere else are here. You should go to where there is darkness, weeping, and gnashing of teeth. What's that place? Right. That place is hell. Then he will say to those on his left... Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. What? Because you were a serial killer, and there are still bodies that haven't (coughs) been discovered that you left in your wake. No, because I was hungry, and you didn't feed me go to hell do you want to find a different religion an easier one because this is Jesus I was hungry you gave me nothing to eat I was in prison and you didn't visit me I was thirsty you didn't give me anything to drink Lord when when did we do this or not do this And he says, inasmuch as you did or did not do this to the least of these my brethren, you did or did not do it to me. There are hungry people around us. There are people in prison, not very far away. And Jesus says, that's me. You didn't do anything about it. So you go to hell. Please let it be over. James says, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. nearly done the cowardly the unbelieving the vile the murderous sexually immoral those who practice magic arts the idolaters and all liars their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur this is the second death Who, who's not in the list somewhere? Are you a coward? Yeah, there are lots of times I'm afraid. Really? You get to go into the lake of fire. Huh. The unbelieving? Um, okay. The vile? Yeah, they belong there. The murderers? Yeah. Sexually immoral? Oh my goodness, how are you going to define that these days? Those who practic- practice magic arts. Y- did you read your horoscope this morning? Oops. Um, idolaters and all liars. Who's not a liar? So, what are you going to do with all this? Is there a place called hell? That all of these people just basically get disposed to? Or what do we do? Forgive me, I'm just asking. Is hell real? The answer is yes. But I think the answer is yes for some different reasons than we might have thought before. Um, I don't know how much sway I have with you over this notion about the life after the life after death. But in, in this context as well, it is really, really helpful. So when we talked about Jesus being the only way, and we said, yeah, but, yes, that is true, but we're, we're not talking about only two places, heaven or hell. I, it's not that. Um, it's not that everything finally gets sorted into those who go to heaven, and Jesus was the only way there, or those who head off into punishment or judgment or, or hell. That's the life after death, but what about the life after the life after death? Is the eschatology of the Bible... the is the cosmology of the bible that this is a throwaway universe and there's a better place that we all go to and jesus is the only way to get there or as we saw is the new testament not full of teaching about a new heaven and a new earth a new creation that's not just about heaven and earth it's about everything being all things being made new And Christ reigning over this new creation with his people, with the nations of the earth living in the light of the glory of this new kingdom. That's the life after the life after death. Hell is better addressed in that context than in the Did you believe in Jesus and so are you going to heaven? Or did you not and so you're going to hell? And you know, maybe you have some kind of legal thing where you can come and say, I didn't know about Jesus, so I should be excused, or I didn't understand about Jesus, so please, ex- you know, y- you don't need to go there. What is about the life after the life after death that puts hell in its proper context? I told you that I think N.T. Wright is the, the the best living theologian. There have been better... Theologians, I'm sure, in days gone by, but he's the best living theologian. And one of the reasons for that is that he's British. The reason I say that is that there's a particular way of thinking about Christianity and the church that is Western, that's American. Um, And the better thinkers, yes, I'm British. That's not why. It's because of. J.I. Packer, it's because of John Stott, it's because of N.T. Wright. There's a way that they can think that is not so much like the American way of thinking. And so w- we get drawn into, dragged into m- more of the American way of thinking. I, I feel it's wiser to listen to English Christian thinkers these days than to listen to American Christian thinkers. There's been a whole, a wholesale, um, sort of throw over to, to Americanism in Christianity that has to get all sorted out before we can move very far forward. So having said that, I do want to show you a little clip <laughs> from Tom Wright. And again, I hope that it will be something that will have you think, hmm, okay, there's that's a different way to understand how hell would fit into all of this
1: The word hell has had a chequered career in the history of the church and it wasn't hugely important in the early days. It was important but not nearly as important as it became in the Middle Ages. And in the Middle Ages you get this polarization of heaven over here and hell over there and you've got to go to one place or the other eventually. So you have the Sistine Chapel um, with that great thing behind the altar, this enormous great judgment scene with the, the souls going off in these different directions. Very interestingly, I was sitting in the Sistine Chapel just a few weeks ago, I was sitting for a service, and I was sitting next to a Greek Orthodox Archimandrite, who said to me, looking at the pictures of Jesus on one wall, he said, these I can understand, and the pictures of Moses on the other wall, he said, those I can understand, then he pointed at the end wall, the judgment, he said, that I cannot understand, he said, that's how you in the West have talked about judgment and heaven and hell, he said, we have never done it that way because the Bible doesn't do it that way, I thought, whoops! I think he's right, actually. And whether you're Catholic or Protestant, that scenario, which is etched into the consciousness of Western Christianity, really has to be shaken about a bit. Because if heaven and earth are to join together, it's not a matter of leaving earth and going to heaven, it's heaven and earth being joined together. And then hell is what happens when human beings say to the God in whose image they were made, we don't want to worship you, we don't want our human life to be shaped by worshipping you. We don't want our who we are as humans to be transformed by the love of Jesus dying and rising for us. We don't want any of that. We want to stay as we are and do our own thing. And if you do that, what you're saying is you want to stop being an image-bearing human being within this good world that God has made. And you are colluding with your own progressive dehumanization and that is such a shocking and horrible thing that it's not surprising that again the biblical writers and others have used very vivid and terrifying language about it but many people have again picked that up and said this is a literal description of reality and somewhere down there there is a, a lake of fire and it's got worms in it and it's got serpents and, and demons and and they're out there coming to get you and I think actually the reality is more sober and sad than that which is this progressive shrinking of human life and that happens during this life but it seems to me if somebody resolutely says to God I'm not going to worship you and it's not just not coming to church it's a matter of deep down somewhere there is a rejection of the good creator God then that is the choice that humans make. In other words, I think human choices in this life really matter. We're not just playing a game of chess where tomorrow morning God will put the pieces back on the board and say, okay, that was just a game, now we're doing something different. Um, The choices we make here really do matter. There's part of me that would love to be a universalist and say, it'll be all right, everyone will get there in the end. Um, I actually think the choices we make in the present are more important than that.
0: I have no idea who the Greek Orthodox person was and what that word is that describes his position in the church, So, just so you know. The person that he was sitting beside, the blah, blah, blah. What what impresses me about this is not that he, he's not denying the reality of hell. He's saying that as horrible as hell might be imagined to be, it's actually worse than that. and. That's where I think we can begin to think much more productively. Uh, is is hell a, a literal lake of fire? I don't know. Almost every commentator says no. That much at least is is kind of an image. It's it's an, a metaphor. Um, hell is called different things. Uh, the one clear statement about hell was that it was prepared for the devil and his angels. It, it wasn't prepared for us. And all of the stuff that I showed you before surely makes us say, "Yeah, but there wasn't there something w- that dealt with all that stuff?" Because you're probably right. Like all those things are are bad things that you ought to be punished for. But isn't that why we are a church that We believe Jesus did actually deal with all of that. And that I can be forgiven. I I can pray the prayer that Dean just led us through. And I can say, what I said to my brother was tantamount of calling him a fool. I repent of that. Now, does somebody in heaven blow a whistle because they heard me say, hey, you fool? Or in the scheme of things, do do they say, or does Jesus raise his hand and say, I I paid for that? I died for that. So he's forgiven that, right? All of the things, because it's, it's just kind of a hodgepodge of offenses that get us closer to hell than we want to get. So how does it all roll forward? Does it roll forward in terms of just sort of pulling out the books and reading off the charges and then sentencing us to hell? Or does it roll forward with the incredible glorious image and presence of a lamb slain before the foundation of the world who says, would you bring out that book of life? Um, Because you'll find that there are names there that would normally have been sent to the hell that was prepared for the devil and his angels but, but who is going to go there S- so that's where I think Tom Wright nails it um, and C.S. Lewis had this idea y- you may remember him talking about animals and talking animals and animals that used to talk and if you don't read C.S. Lewis you're going <laughs> no the animals that used to talk have lost some of their, their essence, th- their being. And Tom Wright's view is that a person could get to the state of being so, um, um, to sort of so missing humanness that there's only one place that that person would ultimately belong, which would be in the darkness of the alienation from God that he has chosen. So I think Wright's assertion is, there will only be one sort of person in hell. It's the person who would not want to be anywhere else. Um, it's a person who w- would not want to be in the company of God and has proven that by a persistent, habitual landing state of saying, I want nothing to do with the life of God. I want nothing to do with the love of Christ. Short of that, I think we have the life after the life after death, which has all kinds of people finally being brought into order under the leadership of God's people as he has sorted things through and has provided the way to the life after the life after death um, so that he invites people in who say, I was one of the people on that list. One of the things that we find in the New Testament is Paul saying, here are the kinds of people who don't get into the kingdom of God. This kind, this kind, this kind, this kind. And such were some of you. But now you're washed, and we have to happily raise our hands and say, "Yeah, of all of those lists of charges, I am guilty of many, but that's what I was. It's not who I am who or who I'm becoming uh, and and hopefully my my progress is you know up and to the right about all of those things because Jesus has done something for me and I have been recreated I am a new person um, but the reality is that as everything finally shakes out we know for sure at least Satan and his henchmen end up destroyed what is it be, What is it like for them to be destroyed I don't know does, does their um, identity just become diminished and diminished and diminished and diminished to the point that there's th- no consciousness left I don't know I don't know that God's going to take delight in Satan consciously being tortured forever, but Satan will not take delight in being the presence of God. He has resolutely cho- oh. chosen to not be there, and the lake of fire, um, the outer darkness, the gnashing of teeth—all of those things um, characterize the place that he's supposed to go. Th- to what degree do do all of those things describe a locality? I'm I'm not sure that they do. I think the outer darkness, the gnashing of teeth, Sheol, Hades, um, the the Valley of Hinnun, which was a garbage dump of Jerusalem, they're all, I think they're trying to say the worst thing that could possibly be said about not being in the light of God. So that's not denying their existence at all. But I don't think there's any language that could properly describe what it would be to be absolutely, absolutely removed from the life of God and the light of God. That would be the worst place. It would be worse than this, worse than Dante could ever imagine, worse than anybody today could characterize hell as being. Um, I think the way that they're sort of almost willy-nilly given as the place of torment or the place of punishment is just saying that. So all the things that I showed you in, in verses, they're all bad things, but you could use the same phrase for all of them and vary the vocabulary, and it's all the same thing. It is deserving to be in a place that is away from the life and the light of God. And by the grace of, we don't have to go there. And I think there's much more mercy and latitude for us to be drawn in. Um, Some of the math is very hard to manage in terms of people going to hell. in the old accounting, um, you'd, you'd have to be a white guy from Kentucky to get to heaven. Y- you wouldn't want to be any other color or live anywhere else just by where privilege has shown up. Um, y- you wouldn't want to have not been listening when somebody told you the gospel. and you know, Because later on, you're going to say, wait, uh, if you'd only told me that that was actually important, not just you telling me your religious stuff incumbent upon us is still we are driven to tell the gospel and we work from that direction, we don't work from the other direction that says what if they didn't hear or if they didn't believe what is true about them, it doesn't matter because God will take care of it he's full of grace and mercy Um, it's worse than we thought in terms of where you go if you don't get there but I think the way is much more open um, not by other paths, by other faiths, by other deeds. There's only one. Jesus is the only one that could do what was necessary to do the enormous thing of making heaven and earth meet and be able to kiss into a, a, a beautiful, beautiful future. So at the end of the day, God may say, your will be done. If If you refuse to be in the light of my l- love and my grace, so be it. Your will be done. I don't see the day coming that Lucifer would ever say, gee, I'm really sorry now. He he is ridden through with hatred and malice <coughs> and darkness, and there's there's not a way back. I don't think there's a way back. If God wanted a way back, so be it, but I don't think that's the story. And he brings along this this evil triad with him who also play into the end. And the the hatred and animosity against God is palpable. We only begin to collect some of it as we travel as God's people and realize that there is a hatred that is coming. There is a vehemence that is coming that's going to be palpable and visible and and earth wide as all of this rolls down to an end and at the end of the day um, heaven and earth will pass away there will be a new heaven and a new earth we will live in the light of the glory of the lamb and the shadow of the evil and the perpetrators of that will simply have gone to where they chose chose to go Thy, thy will be done would say God